Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org ay. That's puredesire.org ay. You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. What is up, people? I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 228 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Smeagol. Smeagol. Why does it hurt us? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Smeagol. If I just, I'm thinking about the person who has absolutely no idea what you're doing. They're going to be like, really weirded out. Oh my they? gosh. They're like, I thought they said this podcast wasn't good. These guys <laughs> were like helpful. Uh, no. Um, Lord of the Rings. Yes, obviously. Gollum, specifically. Um, I'm just going to talk about what we did, and you're going to make okay, a connection. Okay, okay, sounds great. Uh, we had one of our clinicians and speakers, uh, Bob Vandermeer, on today to talk about a tool that we use in our recovery resources called the Matrix of Addiction. Yeah, great tool. And that intro, I just want to give a shout out to my online friend, Dennis, who I know is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And Dennis. I don't know if this has happened to you, Trevor, but through Pure Desire, sometimes we've connected with people mm -hmm. like online, yeah. Facebook, wherever, and we've never met. But you can feel a sense of kinship because totally. like not only do you have the pure desire thing in common, mm -hmm. but then they're like commenting on all your posts and you realize, wow, we have a lot of shared interests. So totally. uh, for Dennis, I needed to do a Lord of the Rings intro. And obviously my voice representation skills for Golem were very poor, but- Give um, yourself a little bit of credit. They were like subpar. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, like, I'm good at that. Okay. I'm very comfortable <laughs> with that description. <laughs> Uh, but no, if, if you've watched the Lord of the Rings, there's this interesting character Golem who actually once was a hobbit yep. and then the ring corrupted him and he's become kind of this deformed, you know, monsterly creature. Uh, but there's two sides of him. There's Smeagol, who is the, what you might call the good or the yeah. hobbit part yeah. of him. And then Golem, what he's become yeah. because of the, the ring's corruption. And there is a time where as he's working with the other two hobbits, uh, with Frodo and Sam, the, the Smeagol side of him kind of comes back. Yeah. But then he gets hurt. And Golem mm. side of him kind of calls him back like, hey, you've gone through something hard and I know how to take care of you. Yeah. Come back to me and we'll fix this the way we know how to fix things. Yeah. 
And I think I've been thinking about that in terms of the matrix of addiction, that that's, I think, how a lot of us feel, that there's this life we live where it's it's the good part of us, if you will, and we, you know, we work hard at our jobs totally. and we're good at our relationships yep. and we fulfill our responsibilities, but there's kind of this old shadow side of us that's been corrupted. Mm -hmm. And what's kind of scary about it is in a way it works. It's, it's been able to fix things in life that made us uncomfortable or hurt us or caused pain. And, and we get wooed back to it mm. in kind of a systematic way, even totally. if you will. And yeah. that, my friend, is the matrix of addiction. <laughs> that it's what is that pathway that takes us from yeah. the person we want to be to being back where like, yep. oh, crap, I did the thing I promised I'd never do again. What's right. wrong with me? That it's not just a snap the fingers it happened. Yep. It's a process of being wooed back to that old pattern and we yeah. want to see it because when we see it we can get the um the tools and the handholds to work on it and yeah. i think in this episode uh with bob vanimeer just a, a ton a ton of great information mm -hmm. on how we can all get a handhold uh, on this pattern in our own lives yeah so. absolutely and it's great to have bob too with the perspective he has as a clinician walking a lot of people through this tool as well so it definitely is a good one a few things before we get going subscribe to the podcast and give us a review on any platform that you listen it helps other people find the podcast also you can follow us on social media we're posting stuff every single week trying to just help people in their recovery and healing journey and then we want to remind people we put out um in august of 2020 we put out our sexual integrity 101 video course an eight-week course and we just want to remind people that this is a super helpful tool when starting the conversation in your church or community on sexual integrity. Yeah, the material's been out over a year. That's kind of hard to believe in it's some wild. ways. I think it it came out a little covertly during COVID, if you will, um, and didn't have <laughs> as much uh, public access because churches just weren't meeting. But yeah, that that's really the heart behind it is to create and offer people a tool that could be used by anyone. It could be used by parents that are just trying to get a handhold on what temptations and pressures are their kids facing. It could be viewed by the, the struggler or the addict that wants to know what's going on in their brain. Yeah. It would be useful for spouses who are trying to understand the trauma they're facing and where it's coming from and how to understand the choices their spouse is making, yeah. um, or just for churches, for leaders, for pastors, for others that say, this maybe isn't really my issue, but I want to help. Mm -hmm. And it will, it will create some clarity around what is addiction, yep. Why uh, is it not just a try harder fix to stop it? And what does lasting recovery look like? And so uh, there just aren't a lot of tools like this out there that, that a church or a family or a small group could use to understand sexual brokenness and recovery in a really holistic way. So our team had a blast putting it together. Mm -hmm. The testimonies in there are just really uh, relatable and the experts do a wonderful job yes. at painting a picture of, of health. So yep. if you haven't seen it, man, yeah. You're 14 months, no, what now, 16 months yeah. uh, behind the ball. So get going, and Seriously. I think you'll really be glad you did. And a lot of us don't know where to start when it comes to starting the conversation, that's right. and that's why we want you to start with Sexual Integrity 101. All right, uh, if you do want to get Sexual Integrity 101, just go to puredesire.org slash 101. All right, here's our episode with Robert Vandermeer on the Matrix of Addiction. Bobby V, welcome back hey, to the thanks. podcast, man. My pleasure. Glad to have you. Hey, thank you. It's yeah. glad, glad to be had. Can we make it more awkward? Are you ready? Yeah, ready, set. Go. All right. Uh, we're excited to have you back today. We're going to talk through an important piece to understanding sexual addiction. Um, and really what it is, is it's the matrix of addiction. And as soon as I hear that word, I think of, ooh, matrix four. 
I think of Neo, Red, oh. Blue, Pill, Blue Pill. Stop it's not, trying yeah, to hit me and yeah, hit me. that's right. <laughs> that's right. This is not what we're talking about. I say it's not yeah, related to not that. Not related at to all. the Matrix <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but this is something that shows up in our clinical work. It's something that we see in our resources as well. And so we wanted to talk about it because we think it's really important to the recovery process. Um, so first things first, it's definitely not Neo, Morpheus, Red mm -hmm. Pill, Blue Pill. Mm -hmm. But Bob, what is the Matrix of addiction? What are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, now I just want to make uh, <laughs> matrix jokes. I want to talk about glitches in the matrix. Yeah, there um, you go. Yeah, deja vu. Uh, yeah, the matrix of addiction is a tool that we use uh, to help addicts primarily, but to help people understand the rituals and the patterns that they get into um, with not just addictive behavior, but um, the stuff that's leading up to the addictive behavior, right? Because we know that, that for an addict, like acting out is not an isolated event. And so the matrix is something that helps them to understand really what leads up to all of that and also what follows it mm -hmm. because it's not, it's not isolated before, not isolated after. Like it's part of this, this larger thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's understanding that, you know, um, relapses don't happen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. We don't just fall into relapse. And I know early in my recovery journey, that was part of what I was worried about because our marriage was really on the brink and it felt like if I have another relapse, my wife might leave, and I don't know that I can prevent it because I had looked back at my history, and it just would feel like I was cruising along, and then bloop, I'd have this bad week or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'd act out, feel horrible, you know, go through the binge purge cycle, and then get back on track, and things right. would go along well for a few weeks or a few months, and then bloop, have another relapse. Yeah. And I was just terrified that, like, I was going to have another one of those relapses mm -hmm. and wouldn't see it coming. And I think for me, that matrix of addiction process, using that tool was one of the most helpful parts of my first seven pillars group, just because I saw with real clarity, it was like, wow, there is some huge predictability yep. to the steps I take. And right. they weren't always exactly the same. And I think that's why I had been blind to it and, and why I was in some denial because I had rationalized so many small behaviors for mm -hmm. so long that I hadn't seen the way that they were preconditions to a relapse. And yep. once I started to kind of see this cycle, it was like, oh yep. my word, that... I, in, a, in a way, maybe in a good way, I, I felt foolish. It's mm -hmm. like, how have I yeah. been so blind right. to this pattern that sometimes would start days or even weeks before mm -hmm. yeah. of just going through some of the same rituals? And I, I know we've talked about that on the podcast, Bob, that process of addiction that involves kind of those rituals and preoccupation. Yeah. And this yeah. is just a tool to help you see those. Yeah so that you can prevent that cycle from taking place. Yeah, I just, I mean, the way I would describe it is this is just your relapse pattern. You're looking at it from really almost like 30,000 foot view looking down on it. So if matrix of addiction makes you think of, you know, the mm -hmm. matrix or uh, is confusing, just think of it at that way. I think that way is helpful, the relapse yeah. pattern. Yeah, and we're going to walk through it here, obviously, more, you know, but it's it's circular, it's cyclical. Yep. And um, and we get that pattern then is cyclical. Uh and so we're using the term relapse, but even like the matrix of addiction also applies to acting out. So like to differentiate those two things, right? The relapse, relapse is what we do when we've had a period of sobriety. Acting out is when we're still just regularly doing that. And so the matrix of addiction, I think, applies to both of those. Yeah. Like if we're yeah. caught in the pattern of acting out, we're still in this cycle yep. uh, in, in the matrix in those terms, like in the cycle that's just perpetuating forward. But even if we have a period of sobriety and we end up then over here in relapse yep. after a period of sobriety... Um, then it's still that same kind of cycle. Yep. Uh, and so we're, we're trying to be able to identify those factors. 
Yeah, so you're getting into it a little bit here, Bob, but talk through how does the matrix of addiction help us understand our relapses um, and why is it so important in recovery? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> this analogy might fall short. Um, I'm so excited for it. Yes, <laughs> excellent. Let's give it a, let's take a run at it. Uh, like if we're going to eat a meal, right? Um, you like, have me so far, by the way. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, like the meal, a lot of times we think of that as this isolated event. Uh, but like in order to have that meal, uh, like there's this, there's a whole precursor of things that mm -hmm. have to happen, right? Like we're waking up, we're expending energy, like because we're expending energy, like our body is using up these resources. And because of that, we're slowly getting hungry. Um, and then basically we can either plan for what we're going to eat. Right. And so then like yeah. we start thinking about, oh man, I'm starting to feel hungry. So what am I going to have today? Like, and so we start planning out, oh, I think I'm going to get, get that Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich. Like, so we should, we're planning good, for that. Where's move. the nearest Popeye's? <laughs> like, okay, can I? You just engaged Nick, by the way. I don't. This illustration, you got I don't need to go near a Popeye's today. However, I can make an excuse to go that route yep. to end up near the Popeye's yep. so that it's convenient to get some Popeye's, right? And then we go and we do all of these things we we change our our the course of our day so we mm. end up in that neighborhood so we end up on that street so we right. can get some popeyes um but then we're like oh shoot i know my doctor told me my cholesterol is too high and i told my wife that too so i better not bring these this popeyes home i just need to eat this popeyes in my car in the parking lot right. and then find a trash can conveniently located so i can dispose yep. of the evidence yeah. before i get home right right um so there's that, but then there's also sometimes I start to feel hungry and you know what? I'm just not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that I'm hungry. And then I'm going through my day and all of a sudden, like I walk past, you know, a bag of cookies and then I'm like, Ooh, I'm hungry cookies, right? Yeah. It's not premeditated. I don't plan it all out, mm -hmm. but because I'm not thinking about it, I still end up doing this. Because thing you didn't plan. Because I didn't plan. Right. I end up eating these cookies. Yeah. And so I think like in terms of relapse and the matrix of addiction, it's kind of like that. Right. It starts way back here. Yeah. And we start like we're just going through the course of our day and we're and we're depleting ourselves of of neurochemicals. We're, mm -hmm. you know, we're having difficult conversations with people. Um, and then we start to mm -hmm. feel kind of this discomfort, right? This grumbling. And we either start to then ritualize of like, okay, how can I end up at Popeye's? Yeah. You know, how can I end up alone yeah. with a device so that I can look at pornography and right. masturbate? Um, or we don't think about it and then all of a sudden we, you know, we're in the bathroom with our phone alone and yeah. And that's why this is so helpful is because it helps me see that relapse doesn't start at the point of relapse. Yeah. You know, Nick, I've heard you say this before, um, where like being, being healthy is not being able to sit in front of the computer late at night and say, I'm not going to look at porn and I don't look at porn and I'm successful and I move mm -hmm. forward, you know, with that day or that night. What it is, is making plans before you even get to that point mm -hmm. to set yourself up for success. And I think that that's what this tool helps you do. Yeah. It helps you see that relapse is not just, I had a triggering sexual thought. It's tying it to what happened during that week, what happened mm -hmm. during that day, maybe in the last hour that triggered me emotionally, that pushes me into exploring the, really well, preparing myself for when that sexual trigger happens, then relapse is going to happen. Sure. Well, and recognizing that those patterns are not random or disconnected. Yeah. I mean, even with your Popeye's illustration, Bob, if someone really loves Popeye's and has been there before, this is probably a kind of pattern they've totally. gone through a lot. Yeah, and if sure. they know for a health reason, they have to make a change, yeah. they're, they're needing to expose their normal pattern and make a, a change. And so for, for most of us, though our matrix may be different, I think we all have 
And, and using that illustration of desires or appetites is great because we all have desires and appetites mm -hmm. that over time, because of our history and past choices, we have developed ways of walking through those yeah. all the way to acting out with pornography and or masturbation. And that's a very, very powerful chemical sequence in the brain as well that it's starting to seek out. And yep. so if you can identify where does this pattern start versus we tend to be focused on where does the pattern end, mm -hmm. then we can really start to make some traction. Yeah. yeah. And that's just a really good principle for life in general. Like if you can reverse engineer where you want to go or who you want to be and start doing those things now that set you up for that, that principle applies outside of recovery as well. Sure. Yeah. I did. We don't, we don't eat the Popeyes just because we like Popeyes. Yeah. I and that's, that's part of it, but it's because Popeyes, <laughs> I mean, Popeyes it is, is good. Really, it's really yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, it's seven ninety eight <laughs> if you get two sandwiches. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> illustration. I know you were nervous at first, but you did a good job. Oh, thank you. We liked it. It yeah. landed. Yep. Okay, good. yep, it did. We'll good. see if the listeners, it okay. lands, but it sure. landed here. So the matrix of addiction includes a couple of things um, as you kind of map it out. And the two things are actions and excuses. Um, and that's what creates this cycle of our relapse pattern. So what are some examples of an action and then an excuse that basically perpetuates that relapse pattern? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, things like that include isolation, right? So maybe an action is isolation. And, um, and so an excuse for that could be like, man, I've had a long day. I just need some time alone. I just need some me time. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, the excuse then is I'm, I'm pulling away from, I'm sorry, the action is I'm pulling away from people and I'm isolating and it's like, yeah, but I deserve it. Yeah. Or, or I've been around a lot of people today yeah. or, you know, I've had like a long day of some justification like, with the kids of that. Yeah. or yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then like another action could be like driving to some place that maybe it's not in your inner circle of like things acting out, but maybe it's in your middle, middle circle of things that, you know, are yeah. dangerous, vulnerable kind of places. And so you're, so maybe the action is driving to this particular store. Um, but the excuse yeah. is, oh, well, you know, we needed, uh, we needed some new trash bag liners or right, whatever it right. is. Yeah. And so like yeah. you're going there, you know, it's a dangerous place. Um, you know, that it's part of like a history of, um, of acting out yet. I'm just going to find a reason to go do it yeah. and, and try and sell that to myself yeah. and others. As you were saying that, what, one of the things that, um, in my pattern is it wouldn't be like going out of my house mm -hmm. to do something. It would be, I feel like I want to isolate, pull away, make that excuse, which then leads me to, Oh, HBO max. I'll just pull that app up. Sure. And I know that there's a lot of stuff on there that's mm -hmm. not healthy for me, but I really need some me time and I, I want to watch some Sopranos. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. And so I get into that and the excuse is, well, it's safe. I'm not watching pornography. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, like the door is open. My wife knows I'm in here, mm -hmm. whatever. And we make those excuses. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, it's not just go out and seek out maybe yeah. sex, prostitutes, whatever like that. It yeah. could just be even what you yeah. watch and consume. Sure. Well, and I think that's what's so valuable about this tool is it, it helps us see where does our pattern start in very legitimate places yeah. mm -hmm. in most regards. I mean, for me, patterns like procrastination, mm -hmm. um, just needing a little bit of escape. Yeah. And so being online, playing fantasy sports mm -hmm. or um, spending extra time at home alone, just mm -hmm. in, yeah. in the name of getting a break. And those things in and of themselves aren't a problem. Right. It's the way it's connected to everything mm -hmm. else. Yeah. And so I also love the two pieces that that excuse portion was so illuminating for me. Um, because I think you start to see and hear the dialogue that yeah. you've mm -hmm. maybe fed yourself so long, you, you aren't even aware of the excuses you're making. Uh, the other thing I'd say about it for group members, and I know I was in this place and I think a lot of group members are, early on, it can be hard 
to see the excuses for excuses mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel like an excuse. Right. It seems legitimate. Yep. And so I will tell guys in groups like, well, when you you know are procrastinating mm-hmm. or making that plan, whatever it is, just write down what are what are the thoughts that are coming to mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because even if you can't see it as an excuse right now, it's a justification. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. something you're telling yourself yeah. that makes this step okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, when we get all the way down to making a choice to view porn, the excuses are a little more obvious there. But in yeah. these early stages, when you're identifying those actions that don't seem wrong in and of yeah. themselves, yeah. I've just had a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't make an excuse for that. It's like, well, what's, what are the words you're telling yourself? Because that's really a, a huge key in seeing the, the pattern. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, this, um, there's this magician TV show called the, called the Carbonaro Effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh man, he does like this incredible stuff. There's one episode, so I need to borrow your cup. Yeah, do it. And, uh, and he's like, he, he's pretending to be a barista. And um, these people come in and, and they're ordering a drink and he's pouring the coffee, like he's pouring the coffee into a cup and then he lets go of the cup. He's like, ow, he lets go of the cup and the cup is still floating there <laughs> while he's pouring the coffee in. He's like, ow. And then he grabs it and then like hands it to the customer. And then the customers like look on their faces like, I don't, what just, what just happened? And then, and, then, and then he goes, well, the cup was hot. I had to let go of it. And they're like, no, but it was floating. He's yeah, like, well, right. yeah, it was hot. Yeah. I had to let go of it. Yeah. Right. Like that was, I had to let go of it. It was burning my hand. Like, I feel like that's some of what we do with the excuses. Yeah. It's like we jump from here to there. It's like, I'm tired. Yeah, of course. Like that's, that's legitimate. That's right. valid. You're yep. working hard. You're tired. Yeah. But then we jump over here to, so I deserve to isolate and withdraw from my family. Right. Like, yeah. and, we, and then we say, well, yeah, the cup was hot. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I was tired. Yeah. So that's what I needed to do. Right. right. And, and like, and so there's this denial, delusion and blame, like yeah. mix of things yeah. where... Like what you're saying, Nick, it's 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 justifiable. Yeah. Like it's we're taking this valid thing, mm-hmm. but then we're we're drawing this conclusion that for us seems like justified and inevitable yeah. and almost logical. The cup was yeah. hot, I had to let go of it. Yeah. Like I worked a long day, I had to isolate. Yeah. Like I went and and played fantasy football and yeah. you know, and disappeared because I had a long day. Right. Like as if these were the only yeah. options, right? And I think part of the matrix of addiction helps us to see kind of this denial, delusion, blame, these lines yeah. that we're drawing as uh, for what they are, yeah. right? Yeah. That it's not yeah. like, no, that was a magic trick. Right. Like, yeah. um, one thing for me, and I, I knew, um, and this tool helped me identify it, that I would start going on social media, mm-hmm. which um, ironically was part of my job. And so it wasn't even I was making excuses to like be on it. It's that I would get on it for work, it would, you know, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And then I would linger. And it's mm-hmm. the it's the lingering that I made excuses for. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I already did what I needed to do. I scheduled the posts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then I just and that's where it's like, well, I'm already on it. Yeah. Uh, I deserve to take a 10 minute break, which mm-hmm. let's be honest, 10 minutes turns into 30 minutes of sure. just, you know, the infinite scroll. Yeah. And so it's not even, I, I just, I want to make that distinction because for me, it, sometimes it's a legitimate reason sure, or like no. maybe that thing, maybe Popeye's is on your way to work mm-hmm. every single day. And maybe you do need lunch. You do right? need lunch. Like I they're all hungry. legitimate yeah. things, right? I mean, the, the, the fact that the cup was hot is a legitimate it, thing. Yes. And yeah, I mean, that's just great. I, yeah. I'm just thinking about that show. That show is so good. Yeah. And, and, is it still on? I think so. Can we talk and about it for a minute? Well, no, and and honestly, like the the thing that is so incredible about that show is that people buy those excuses. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Then you're right. I'll just the, grab this yeah, magic cup, cup from was, you. The cup, the cup was hot, <laughs> so you had to let go of it. Right. Yeah. And 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 in and in this matrix, like in the excuses that we use, right. like some of the gaslighting that we do um, in this, mm. like other people do buy it. They're like, yeah. so that's a little odd, but I guess that okay. makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I tell people. 
and maybe it's just me, but I think for a lot of us, look for when you're using the word just. Mm -hmm. Mm Because I can use the word just to justify just about anything. Mm. Wow. Pastoral alliteration right there. I've used that in a lot of sermons. (laughs) If only just That's an an oldie for me. Um, But that idea, like, it's just going to be a few minutes. It's just this one time. It's just a little bit. It's Mm -hmm. just for now. It's just because I'm tired. Mm -hmm. It's just... And, and yeah. is whenever I hear myself using that word "just," like "ooh," there's one of my mm-hmm. excuses. Yeah, sure. Because that's a justification. So totally. look for that. Yeah. Um, Bob, let's play out what the matrix might look like for someone. We've been giving some examples, but could mm-hmm. you try to walk through maybe an example from start to finish mm-hmm. of what would be a, a good example of the lowest common denominator where mm-hmm. someone's matrix might start? Yeah. And the excuse, and then just kind of walk through until they're at relapse, and then yeah. the, the binge purge cycle. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if we think about this as as a circle, I think in general, the uh, for for me, I think of the matrix this way, and I know that we kind of maybe some of us practically use the tool a little bit different, but the circle still completes. Yeah. Uh, for me, the matrix usually starts with either like the neurochemical part of someone who is who is continually acting out and they don't have sobriety and their dopamine levels are up and down and they've got this dopamine low. And then like it starts with the discomfort that comes from that. Mm-hmm. And so they start seeking... Um, basically like relief from that, right? Um, so it starts there or for the person that that is not still caught in the relapse or sorry, in just constant acting out and it's more of a, like a, this isolated relapse, yeah. um, then, it's, then it's pain, fear, shame that's coming up in their life and they're seeking to deal with that discomfort, right? But basically like something's happening where they're starting to feel uncomfortable and so they're looking for some way to deal with that. And so then it might start out where um, like they do go to do something legitimate, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like go onto social media yep. to, to do some work and they stay there just a little bit too long mm-hmm. and, um, and they start to get a little bit of that dopamine release because of that. Right. But they haven't looked at any pornography. They haven't done yeah. anything that yeah. is right or wrong. Right. Um, and, but then from there now they've kind of started this pattern yep. to where now they start to th- like, they're starting to, to, um, sexualize maybe people like they go out, like yeah. to go, to go, go to the grocery store. Now they realize they're sexualizing people in the grocery yep. store yep. as opposed to just getting the stuff that they need. And that sexualization then as they leave the grocery store, now they're even feeling more of that kind of amped up. And so they think, oh, wow, what day is today? Oh, today's Tuesday. Okay, yeah, my wife's not home on Tuesday yeah. at this time because she's picking up the kids from school. Right. And so, you know, I think I'm just going to go home and, and yeah. be able to relax a little bit right before she gets home. Um, but then they get home and at what, like they get there and they're like, you know, I'm just going to hop on whatever HBO or I'm going to, I'm going to get back online. And, yeah. and I saw something actually really interesting when yeah. I was on, in, you know, right. on Instagram go or back there and go back there. And then as they're doing that, then they started, Oh, you know what? Like this person reminds me of that one particular actress that I, that I like to fantasize about. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to, um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to. Later on, I know my wife's coming home, but later on tonight, uh, I'm going to find an excuse to go into the garage. You know, and now they're thinking like about specifically acting yeah, out. They're planning it. I'm going to yeah. go to the garage later so that I can get on my phone because now I want to see if I can find nude pictures of that person. Yeah, right. Right. And so, yeah. and then it comes back, and then eventually they end up acting out. Right. They end up on on either sexualized material mm-hmm. or pornography. Yep. You know, they end up at what their acting out relapse is. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's sexting somebody, right? Or maybe it's, but they end up at that acting out thing. Yeah. Uh, and then afterwards they feel bad about it. Yeah. Right. They feel shame about that. And now if this person I think is in, has a, uh, has momentum in recovery, 
then after they do that, they're going to put into place the recovery action plan. They're yeah. going to make some phone calls. They're going to disclose to their spouse, right? They're going to do the healthy part of it. If they don't, then that shame is discomfort, and they're going to sit with that shame for yep. a few days until they start this whole cycle over yeah. Yep. again. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really do think like those are the times where my brain, at, at those moments, because it, it starts with emotional pain or mm -hmm. discomfort, as you're saying, that it's like my brain remembers the things that I like almost want to forget that yeah. IMDB page for that actress where mm -hmm. I can see what movies she's in and I can yeah. see what the rating is. And then I can, this is from my story, right? Yeah. Like this is what sure. I did. So, um, Instagram was a part of it. Mm -hmm. And then, cause what that does is it, it's just these like small kind of nudges mm -hmm. in the direction of relapse that over time happen. But it's wild how quickly your brain can remember, Oh, you know, well that one time I still have that DVD. Mm -hmm. You guys remember DVDs. Mm -hmm. I still have that DVD <laughs> of that Lisa. movie where she's in it. And I remember there's that sex there's scene. That one part. And even if you yeah. don't, cause this is what mm -hmm. I like what you were saying, even though I maybe don't go watch it right now, mm -hmm. I've like tucked it away back and like mm -hmm. put a blanket over and saying, I'll come yeah. back later to that yeah. thought. And then you do. Yeah. 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 And I think even in what Bob just described, you could hear like at every stage, and if you've, you know, used the tool, we kind of set it up as a circle and people always ask like, well, where do you start? And I always say, wherever you want, like just yeah. pick the a top. starting place and yeah. kind of yeah. make your way around. The, the, the starting point doesn't matter as much as that you're seeing the pattern. Um, so what we see is that every stage of that pattern, there's actually an increase of the dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. It's re-engaging a little bit more of yeah. our, if we're stuck in acting out or if we're walking in some sobriety, but have been addicted, we're, we're getting deeper and deeper engaged. And I think the value is every person in acting out or addiction thinks they can control it mm -hmm. right up right. until they can't. Yeah. And every step we're taking, we're losing more and more control, but if we've never really identified this matrix, we don't realize it until it is at, at that place like, oh, right. I did it again and now right. I'm out of control and then right. we're realizing it. But that danger of how self-deceptive we can be that, no, I, yeah. I won't go too far this time. It'll right. just be this far, right. no more. And we do maybe walk away from it for a day or two because I think that's what I would miss in my story. It's like, oh, I did, you know, I only made it to phase three and so right. I'm okay. Right. But if I didn't do anything more to deal with it, yeah. in a sense, my brain was still on Totally. Phase three, like yeah. I was there yeah. just, and then a few days later, maybe yeah. back at that site or right. going a little bit yep. deeper and then yep. off it would go. And so it, I think yeah. we can just recognize that everyone thinks they can control mm -hmm. it right up until they can't. Then the matrix becomes that clarity of, I don't want to start that system yeah. because mm -hmm. I know where it leads and it's predictable. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, that this isn't something that just happens in a day or in an mm -hmm. hour. This is something that could over like a two week span happen mm -hmm. where something happens at work or yeah. something happens at home. And then that starts your cycle. And maybe you have those moments of like perceived victory that mm -hmm. Nick, you're talking about. But then at the end of two weeks, you've ended up relapsing. And so maybe your relapse pattern really is something like that. Yeah. And so I just, I think it's important for people to know that it's not, this is not just a day or sure. a week thing. This could be over an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the ways that help me think of it is like this matrix, like, you know, if it's circular and we kind of like laid it out linearly, it, it's kind of like the faster scale moving down, right? Like the further down we get, the mm -hmm. more momentum we have. Um, Dr. Carnes uh, in Facing the Shadow kind of describes it uh, as a boulder at the top of a hill, mm. like at the yeah. top of it. So this is in the personal craziness index there. Yeah. The boulder at the top of the hill, um, but then it starts rolling down the hill and, and the further down the hill it gets, the more momentum it picks yeah. up, right? Yeah. And it's the same idea, like Nick, what you're talking about, right? Whereas they get going and they feel like, oh no, I can stop this, yeah. right? But the further down the faster scale you get or the fur further down the hill the boulder gets, yeah. 
like, no, we become uh, powerless to this Mm -hmm. at at some point in it, right? right? Uh, Where it's got so much momentum and uh and it's just so out of control mm. and it's and it's so beyond yeah. um just oh i can do this in private right then i think that's the thing it's not beyond our beyond our control that we're stuck in this unless we're trying to do it alone yeah like if we try to stop that bull yeah. or like stop that momentum by right. ourselves then that's like that's where we fail which is why it's so important to have a group experience and that's why we prioritize it here yeah. is because you do have people you can reach out to right in that moment um and what's great is the longer that you use this the quicker you're going to notice that mm-hmm. pattern and reach out earlier so that you've got four or five other people standing at the top of the hill holding the boulder in place yeah. rather than we got to catch up to it first and then sure. push it back up yeah well, and you're going to hear other people share their actions and excuses. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, you might not relate to all of them, but some are going to be like, ah. Oh, <laughs> done that one I've before. Heard that. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, right. it, that just provides a ton of clarity in the process. Totally. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, in group or in counseling when someone comes and they say, uh, I didn't have time to get my work done because, you know, I, I have a job, right? right? Or, or because I'm married or because right. I have kids. And it's like, dang, dude, I got three jobs. I'm married. I got kids. Right. Like, so you know, so we, we hear those excuses, and we start to no, okay, yes, you do have a job. Right. Yes, your week was busy. Yeah. Right. Yes, it was stressful. Yeah. Like, yes, there's a pandemic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. And that's not that straight line that immediately leads right. to this is why I do this. Right. So as we're going through this exercise. Um, what are some observations that we pick up on? What are things that um, come to the surface that we need to pay attention? Um, and just in recovery, if we're in this pattern of relapsing or we're trying to create some sobriety mm-hmm. or maintain it for an extended period of time, what are some things that kind of rise to the surface as we go through this exercise? Yeah, um, putting together right the, this matrix of addiction, one of the things that I think has been helpful is to kind of pair and partner this with the three circles exercise that we do and helping to identify like what sobriety is like or what relapse acting out is. Yeah. And that's the inner circle. The middle circle then is, you know, areas that have become problematic for us historically that have led us to acting out. Yeah, guardrails. They're, they're vulnerable places. We refer to them as guardrails and the seven pillars. And then outer circle is stuff that we're doing for health and self-care. And so if we look at specifically the middle circle, those guardrails, those things that are gray areas mm-hmm. for us, we find a lot of helpful information, uh, I think, for the matrix of addiction. Because a lot of that stuff, it's it's not right or wrong but it's part of our ritual where we start to do these things and put our and make justifications for us to to put ourselves into vulnerable spots to where then the momentum picks up and we end up acting out. Mm-hmm. And so I think even using those two tools in conjunction with each other is really helpful. Like look at look at what you have in the middle circle and um and kind of migrate that over to the to the matrix of addiction um infographic worksheet tool. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, uh to help fill in some of those blanks. Yeah. Yeah, I always uh, think about how important it is to, and we kind of mentioned it, but to work the process backwards. Mm -hmm. Because I think early on, it's not uncommon for someone to say, I have no idea what my matrix is. I just yeah. know I do things I regret and mm-hmm. I feel the shame. Yeah. And then I you know, work really hard to get better. They can describe mm-hmm. the binge purge, but they haven't seen the pathway mm-hmm. in. And so to just say, well, work it backwards. If you know what you do is you act out by looking at porn on your phone in the bathroom, what happens prior to that? You know, sure. they might realize, well, yeah, I was wasting a whole bunch of time on Instagram pics mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have been watching. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what happened before that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm usually usually doing it after my wife and I have been fighting. Mm-hmm. Okay, what happened? Before, why were you and your wife yep. fighting? Well, yeah. because I'm hardly ever home because I'm working too much and yeah. I'm tired. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, why are you working too much? Well, I'm overcommitted to making money and paying for my boat. 
mm-hmm. and I'm kind of obsessed. You know, now you're starting yeah. to describe right. where yeah. it starts maybe sure. is actually your obsession with a possession or making money or mm-hmm. working. And, yep. and you can start to trace it through and go, oh, that's, that yeah. becomes clearer. So if you're stuck, work backwards. And mm-hmm. again, what we've said, the value of being in a group, um, hearing others describe a, a pattern, yeah. you're going to see some commonalities. So that's a huge help too. And I've yeah. had group members who I've been a part of this and I've had group members um, help me with it too. Well, they'll ask a question. Have you noticed the last, you know, however many times you've relapsed that this is a common theme? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just picking up on that because you can do that and that's mm-hmm. super helpful. And that really can't happen without that group experience where you have yeah. other people who are part of that process. Um, I think for me, one of the things that really comes up in this is that I start to identify triggering situations that maybe I otherwise yeah. wouldn't think are. Yeah. Like if I have this weekly meeting and after every weekly meeting, I end up going into the bathroom with my phone and looking mm-hmm. at Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then I know that that's part of my my ritual. Then that to me, I need to start identifying what's happening in this in this weekly meeting sure. uh, every week that's that's triggering me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've, I've heard stories of um, people who have family that come in from out of town and within that two week span, they end up relapsing every single year when the family comes in. Mm-hmm. It's always this one week. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you go through this exercise, you realize it's the emotions and the stuff I'm dealing with yeah. my family comes in preparation for them coming into mm-hmm. town. And so I think that's the thing is maybe we don't always understand that emotional pain comes from situations. Mm-hmm. Um, we're completely unaware and that's what starts our pattern. Another thing too is identifying what devices or even places or scenarios I find myself in deeper down that matrix. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it is the bathroom, maybe it is my room, maybe it is uh, in the car, maybe it's I'm parked at my house mm-hmm. and I haven't gone in yet mm-hmm. and I'm isolating by sitting out mm-hmm. there. You start to identify places like that, but then also uh, when do I struggle on my phone? You know, mm-hmm. and you can lead into a tech action plan at that yeah. point. You can get so many extensions off of that, but you start to identify the places and the things that you use, devices yeah, yeah. you use into relapse. When you mentioned using it in conjunction with other tools, and I think another one is the crash site analysis mm-hmm. that we're, you know, is going to be a podcast really close to this one. Yeah. So go check that one out if you haven't yet. Um, but seeing the way that maybe in one specific instance where you're getting really detailed with what was the setting, what mm-hmm. was I feeling, yep. what excuses was I making, and maybe looking at one you can kind of step back and go, okay, well, this is what happened specifically this time, yeah. Yeah. but how often is that also what usually happens? So sure. we can kind of use a yeah. specific crash site analysis yeah. to build the more common matrix and see right. what our patterns are. So that's another one you could look to use yeah. to kind of clarify what your, your matrix sure. of addiction is. Because sometimes it's not even the situation, it's the emotions that I feel in yeah. that situation mm-hmm. that are connected to another, another time place mm-hmm. that I've also felt that way. So maybe it's... Um, you know, I'm just thinking about any meeting for me, a, a huge trigger uh, or a huge wound of mine growing up was feeling like I wasn't smart or intelligent. Yeah. So any moment that I'm in that, I feel that wound of not mm-hmm. feeling smart enough if I wasn't wasn't prepared or people ask questions I couldn't answer, whatever. And that can happen in a lot of different situations and scenarios in my life. Yeah. So they may be all different situations or contexts, but mm-hmm. I'm still feeling the, ex- the exact same emotional wound. And so I think this this tool can also help us identify what those are as we've yeah. you know used it a number of times. Yeah, well, and and all three of those that we just mentioned, whether it's um, like crash site analysis, the three circles, or the matrix, when we first sit down with those tools, I think you kind of referred to this earlier, Nick, is we look at that and we're like, I don't know these things, right? Yeah, right and then yeah. so we, we we do try and reverse engineer it. Um, have grace for yourself if at first you're like, I don't know what happened before this, right? 
Um, the more we do these exercises, the mm -hmm. more we begin to identify these things and the more easily we can piece stuff together, right? And even if you can put together a whole yeah. matrix of addiction, there's still nuances of that, that that you'll end up identifying more of the more you do stuff. Yeah. I just uh, like recently put together for myself like on certain days when I'm more like short tempered uh, with my kids, it's usually days where I've had a long counseling day mm. and where I've been caring for other people all day. Right. And now doing the end, good stuff, doing good stuff, yeah. doing, yep. right? Yep. But now at the end of the day, like there's a little bit of like, but now who's going to care for me? Yeah. So if I walk into the house and my kids are, you know, arguing or they just need help tying their shoes, right? Mm, yeah. It's like, no, who's going to help me tie my shoes? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and so, so even that like was a, was yeah. a real recent kind of observation for me to understand, mm -hmm. oh, wait, no, I see, I do this because of this. And I hadn't really made that connection before. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and so the more you use these tools, the more familiar you'll get with them yeah. and the more able you'll easily access kind right. of this information. Uh, but give your, be, be yeah. gracious for your, with yourself. Well, to, when you, uh, begin. you mentioned this, so I want to bring up another side of it too. I, I do feel there are times, and I, I'm not making a blanket statement for yeah, all men yeah. and all women, but there are times I've seen people use the I don't know phrase mm -hmm. really as a way to block sure. going there. Totally. That they haven't legitimately paused and yeah. thought and processed because there's a part of, and there's a part of all of us yeah. that doesn't yeah. want to. Yeah. We don't want to have sucks. to acknowledge the stupid mm -hmm. things we've right. done and yeah. the bad choices. Yeah. Right. And sometimes a defense mechanism mm -hmm. in our lives can be, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And just kind of avoid like, Okay, I, I get that if you sat for 20 minutes and tried to think, and you may have some mental blocks there. Sure. You may have such severe denial structures, mm -hmm. you you really yeah. can't see it. And that's honestly a, a place where you need to get with a counselor. Yeah. Yeah, you right. need to get with an expert or a coach that can walk you through, like, well, let's just talk through your day. And it can help you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for other people, they, they didn't stop even long enough to worry about it. So yeah. I've sometimes said, well, yeah. How long did you spend trying to work through this? Like, sure. well, I just, I read it and I didn't get it. So I quit. Like, yeah. okay, let's maybe lean into that sure. a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I went to the grocery store the other day and um, there was an item that I needed. I couldn't find it. It was like an organic kind of item. And I asked the guy that worked there and I was like, oh, hey, you know, like, do you know where this is? And he said, I'm new here. I don't know. And then he went back to what he was doing. And so then I was, I was like, oh, hey, yeah, no, I really appreciate that. You know what might be more helpful for me next time is if you said, <laughs> I don't know, but I'll find out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is so that then, a radio on your belt? Could yeah. Could you call yeah, me? Yeah. And I was, I was trying to be, I was trying to be kind because I'm like, yeah, dude, I get it. You're new. You don't know where it is. You yeah. probably, you might even feel dumb for not knowing where sure. it is. Right. Sure. But a helpful answer might be, I don't know, but I can find out for you. Right. Yeah. And then that same week I was at a, another grocery store and I asked the guy where the queso fresco was. Uh, and I was like, oh, hey, do you know where the queso fresco is? And he's like, you know what? Um, I, I'm not sure. But he turned around and he's like, he's kind of like with his hands, like looking <laughs> on the shelf. And then he moves down a little bit, and then and then he walks all the way down the aisle, and he's like, I think he's looking around, and he's like, I think it might be down here, and he grabs it, and he reaches all the way back, and he pulls out the queso fresco, yeah. and he hands it to me, and then when he turns around, he grabs his like his walking stick and walks. He was blind. Oh my god! Like the oh, employee, wow. the employee was blind. <laughs> Holy cow! Right, and he didn't say. I don't know. I'm blind. I'm blind. He didn't say, yeah. I don't know lot, where, pal. he didn't say, I don't yeah. know where it is. And I'm also blind. He said, yeah. you know, I'm not sure. Let's and like the blind employee, like helped me find my queso fresco. Yeah. That was even way back in the shelf. Right. right. And it's like, wow. it's like what you're saying, Nick, like, I don't know. Yes. Have grace that you don't know. And let's find let's, out. Let's try. Yeah. Like right. there's We're no fine. excuse to not continue to try to find this stuff. Wow. Yeah. So good. Uh, so Bob, maybe the most important question once we know this, like mm -hmm. once we've 
written out our matrix of addiction. We can see it. It's getting clear. What do we actually do with this information? Because if all we do is like write it up, it, it can actually be a little bit shame inducing. Like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Here's all the dumb excuses I've made for all the dumb things I've done. What a wretched man am I? Yeah. So right. what is the value and benefit of knowing our matrix of addiction and how can we put it into practice in our recovery and sobriety? Yeah. Um, I think one of them is the more familiar we are, the more we're going to notice these things when they're happening, yeah. right? We're not going to be delusional when we start to do some of this stuff. Yeah. We're going to see, oh, no, I'm doing this because of this. And then and then we'll ask ourselves, but what's the emotion behind this, right? It's not just, yeah. it's not just these weekly meetings that are triggering for me, yeah. but it's this emotion that's behind it. Yeah. And I can address that. I think another thing is too, we can give this information to other people, mm-hmm. right? People that we're in group with. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have versions of this in the counseling we do, like in the Genesis process where there's a card where they write out the, their most common thing in each level of the faster scale and they give that to somebody, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, hey, help me. Like if you see me starting to do this, yeah. then, you know, help me help me identify that. But I think a, a big part is just understanding mm-hmm. addiction, understanding our patterns, giving these things the weight that they deserve, that mm-hmm. it's not just you're going to, so you're going to go like play fantasy football. It's not just that, yeah. right? It's that that is connected to this. Part of my pattern. It, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. if we know it and we acknowledge it out loud to other people and we yeah. let those people know this is part of it, yeah. hey, can you keep an eye on it? Then we're just, we're bringing this stuff to the light and we're not keeping yeah. these secretive patterns, right? And you talked about the three circles too. I mean, earlier, I, I think that's what's so helpful about connecting these tools is that now I know what new rhythms and practices I need to put in place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we talk about this a lot um, at Pure Desire that the inner circle is important to identify mm-hmm. and the middle circle is also really important to identify mm-hmm. those guardrails. But the most important mm-hmm. is identifying the outer circle activities, sure. the things that perpetuate my own health, the things mm-hmm. that I do that help me maintain health. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what you do is you look at, okay, if I know where my pattern starts and I know in these certain situations, I feel that emotional pain or I run mm-hmm. into this trigger or wound, then I can start putting healthy practices mm-hmm. in and around that. Yeah. That if I know, I mean, let's say my marketing communications team, let's say every single Monday at 11, mm-hmm. I know in that hour meeting, I'm going to get emotionally triggered for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not doing the things we need to be doing. I'm not as good of a leader, whatever. Well, if I know that the meeting ends at noon, then at 12.01, I can set up, go on a walk with Justin sure. outside. Yeah. You I thought know. you were going to say go to Popeye's. <laughs> <laughs> with I, Justin. That is, not, <laughs> that is not healthy for either of us, Justin. Uh, you know yeah. that to be true. But yeah, which is why it's something that I can put those. Um, stay with me, guys. Gosh, I was in the middle of a really <laughs> hey, good- Bob's on the mention Popeye's. <laughs> I'm still there. I'm sorry. <laughs> you brought it back up. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's You can start to implement things you know, before or after. Uh, things, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've said to coming home sometimes is really, really difficult for me. It's been a long day. And I know when I walk in, I'm going to help my wife with my kids who's been home with them all day by herself. Mm -hmm. She's exhausted. My kids are going to want to see me. And you know, you were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, it's like, who's going to tie my shoes, right? (laughs) Uh, If I know that that's how I feel, then the 15 or 20 minutes I'm in my car, I can be just praying. I can make a phone call and a Mm -hmm. check-in. I can do some just self-reflection. There's a lot of things I can do to prepare myself for that moment. Because when I walk in and if I don't connect with my wife right away and I can tell she's really upset and had a bad day or I realize like, Brady, I don't want to spend time with you right Mm -hmm. now. Leave me alone. Daddy's tired. Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel shame, Mm -hmm. which is going to start that cycle. And so it's those things where I can do, I can put those practices in place now that help me get healthy before I even walk into the situations that could start my pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what it helps us do is it know we know where to do the work. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I, I know I, Jeremy Weil says it on the Conquer series, and a lot of people have said it, that it's not about trying harder, it's about trying smarter. Mm -hmm. And so most people who are in a pattern of acting out have been trying to change. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why we're in group, we're yep. using this tool, because we've we've worked hard yep. to stop, but usually we've been working at you know stage five or six mm -hmm. when that boulder in your yeah. illustration, Bob, has yeah. been rolling downhill and we just keep getting flattened by it. Yeah. The value of the matrix is now we do our work in phase one or two. Mm -hmm. We realize, mm -hmm. oh, I'm procrastinating. Oh, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm getting edgy. And now if I do work there, and it's usually at a place we can make some adjustments pretty easily. I mean, yeah. for me, fantasy sports is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. I, I missed not playing them, but it was pretty easy to, to stop playing mm -hmm. fantasy sports and mm -hmm. have a different plan. Right. That was way easier than being you know four more steps down the road and being triggered yeah. and trying to avoid going to that old website. Yeah. So I, I think that's what we're looking at is once you see it, do the work at the beginning yeah. Yeah. and put those healthy steps in place because you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. if, if you're not keeping the boulder from rolling downhill, you yeah. just realize that there's starting to be a little push on that boulder. Mm -hmm. like, Whoa, I don't... Yeah, I don't want to move this one. I'm going to go there instead. Um, it, it's it's kind of that whole idea of the faster scale too. Mm -hmm. On the faster scale, the goal isn't just to get one step back. Mm -hmm. The goal is to see it and get off of it. Yeah. And that's the, the same with the matrix. Yeah. yeah, is once we see it, we realize that's not going to be my pattern, so mm -hmm. I'm not going to start it anymore. Yeah, yeah. As you were saying that, like the the, the tools that we also that we have already that you can use for this. Um, is like an escape plan, mm -hmm. right? So you start to see this thing go into play, um, the, the matrix, like the cycle starting, go to whatever your escape plan is. We also have things like fire drills where you like are testing this out. Hey, let me like, let me just practice. Okay, what do I need to do in the event of, right? Yeah. Um, but then also the restoration checklist that's taken from the faster scale, right? You see yourself on the matrix, you can just immediately go to that. Do I have any current secrets? Am I identifying fears and feelings? Am I resolving problems? Am I keeping commitments? Right. Mm -hmm. So we can we have these tools that already exist. Um, that, like you're saying, Nick, that we we proactively step into. Yep. Right. We don't let this cycle play out and then do something like no. We can immediately go to these things yeah. that we that we can prepare ahead of time, yep. Uh, yep. so that we can do something healthy instead. Yeah. It's just so it's so good and such a, a great reminder for maybe some of you who are listening who um, you've been using this tool before have used it in the past that it's still something to keep fresh on it's still mm -hmm. really really important and for those of you that are early on in recovery this is an essential tool yeah. to not only creating and establishing sobriety initially but maintaining it mm -hmm. over the long haul um, because we know that relapse doesn't start with that sexual thought in the moment it starts mm -hmm. so much further back so um yeah, we need to know what sets up our crash, what mm -hmm. sets up our relapse, um, if we want to stop doing it. We have to be, and that's just so key in everything that we talk about, is it awareness. It's self-awareness, emotional awareness, situational awareness of what gets us to the point of relapse. Mm -hmm. And sobriety and health is absolutely possible because yeah. of tools like this. So, Bob, thanks for being here. Yep. Thanks for doing what you do, and thanks for uh, just hanging out with us. Yeah, my pleasure. And wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is impacted by sexual brokenness or betrayal trauma, go to puredesire.org and let's start the healing journey today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and drop us a review. It helps others find the podcast. Each week we put out new content to help you on the road to healing and freedom. And lastly, never stop being healthy. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Without guidance, without a plan, 
then um, it's going to end up in divorce about 75% of the time. That's not who I am. Why do I respond that way in those certain situations? He's not doing that behavior anymore, so why aren't you having sex? It feels like death, and they don't want to die, but they, they don't want to stay in that much pain, and their only other option left is divorce. A therapeutic separation is we're going to do all we can to stay married. This is a separation for the purpose of healing, not to see if we want to stay married or not. There's a reason why this person's a professional. They can handle that sort of information. They've done this before. They can help you through the process. I didn't realize how difficult it was for me to be alone. And unfortunately, in, in betrayal, trauma, sexual addictions, the spouse ends up being the perceived threat. Spouse isn't the enemy, but it's the perceived threat. If I quote that verse, it could be very black and white in my head, and black and white is very easy. But this situation is not black and white, it's very gray. 